Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live back with another edition of Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Welcome back. I am the host. For this evening, Magic Man, you also know me as Sean, Sean Grice, and my co-host is Mr. Joe Soro. Joe, how are we doing this evening? Uh, No complaints. Uh, It's a good Sunday. My team won. Uh, Two out of the three of my fantasy football leagues are going to be wins. And, uh, yeah, so I am going to address Darren's comment before we go get on with the Laker talk here. So... Darren, uh, if you DVR'd the game, I want you to go back to the play before the fourth down and see where the receiver caught the ball and where the ball was placed. The ball was placed, I looked like a half a yard back of where it should be. So that extra half yard likely would have allowed Pickett to get that first down anyways. It was it was a terribly officiated game. Uh, I was actually happy that the pass interference call was negated by the dumb uh, taunting call because I, I didn't want the game to end that way. I thought that was a bogus PI, even though it would have benefited my team. So just so you know that I have morals and stick with my guns on, on right and wrong. But it's just the NFL officiating is just trash. It's just not that offsides on TJ Watt that we didn't even get to see what the hell it was. It's just like, you know what? I'm, 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 it's always on a third down. It's always on a third down. You ever notice that? It's always on a third down so they can extend leads. Oh, not only that. Yeah. It has, extend it's like the a, plays. It's like it's a just, third and four or third and uh, two. Always. It's always the same damn down and play. This stuff is getting just exhausting. I'm so exhausted with the, just the nonsense. I don't know. It's not. It was not like this 20 years ago. I mean, officiating was not good, but it wasn't like this. It was it's just piss poor across the board. It's just so damn hard to watch the game. You're worried about a flag every freaking play. It's exhausting, but that's all I got on the NFL. Let's 
Let's talk about basketball, Mel. Oh, okay. As we segue into that. So, Joe, you weren't on the show with the Lakerholics yesterday, but uh, there was a lot of uh, loose talk about what's going on uh, right now across the uh, NBA and uh, any thoughts in the regular season. So, wanted to ask you, anything outstanding you think we didn't touch on the Lakers during the preseason or you think we've got all our bases covered? And if, if that's the case, do you have any pr- – Final preseason thoughts, like anything just kind of brewing or seeping in right now? Yeah, I wasn't on the show because I wanted – I think having more than four guys on the show tends to be a little hectic. Uh, I tried to stay in the chat. You know, Laker Tom – I like and, to do that too. Yeah, Laker Tom and Jamie are, are rarely on. I think giving them a, some space, obviously, to do what they want to do is, is, is the right way to go. And then, of course, Lee Rob showed up and we needed him to kind of get get the webs out of his uh his head so that he can get ready for the season um laker nick always a pleasure listening to him uh he's like the voice from uh but a a nice voice like man on fire (laughs) he's the voice that's that's his nickname the voice um but as far as you know we're in a different world here uh these days we're second by second information we know everything that's going on with everything these days that's public and then we can make uh, assumptions on what's going on behind the scenes as much as we can based off the information and based off the stuff we see in the game i don't think there's anything we haven't covered in this in this off season we have this is probably the most thorough off season i can remember if ever in terms of us really, really knowing exactly what's going on, how things went, what's going to happen likely, what's the health situation, what the the prognostications are. And I know you guys all like to do your little lists, and I kind of clowned the, the list thing here earlier this morning when we were doing a little email thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll let the crowd know what we were doing here a little bit. I, I don't care about the 14th best team in the conference. I don't wish to think about what team sits in that slot, okay? If you had given me a who are your top playoff picks, I would have been okay. That's something that makes sense. I don't need to mention the other seven, okay? I don't need to sit there and think about seven duds, which, by the way, isn't really seven duds. It's actually ten teams now, right? Or is that still not considered a playoff? At least I don't think so. No. you got to win it. you got to win it for it to count. Team. Out of the 15, and then the MVP, I saw some Jokic picks. I saw a Anthony Davis pick. I think the reality there is very difficult right now because of the way these schmucks vote for the MVP. Jokic wins the MVP back-to-back seasons and doesn't win the MVP the year he was more of an MVP. It's kind of like watching the Oscars with Martin Scorsese. He doesn't win one for Goodfellas. He doesn't win one for Raging Bull. He doesn't win one for Cape Fear. He doesn't win one for Taxi Driver. Yet he wins one for The Departed. Now, Departed is a great movie. Great. I use the word great movie. But that's the crazy thing about that is Taxi Driver. Raging Bull, Cape Fear, 
Goodfellas are better movies than The Departed. So that's 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 how these guys do things, right? Now, if there was a lot of competition, it would make sense. But you gave Best Picture and Best Director for Dances of Wolves. I mean, no disrespect to Kevin Costner, but how many times have we seen that story? You know, just because they were riding horses and, you know, they had a few things going on in the in the, in the wild, like all of a sudden that's that's going to trump in my opinion, one of the greatest movies that's ever made, right? So picking the MVP these days, I mean, J- James Harden has an MVP, guys. James Harden has an MVP. One MVP, just like Kobe. Just like Kobe. It's, just, it's, it's sad commentary. Uh, defensive player of the year, That if, if the AD plays 70 games, he's winning this year. And a lot of that will be also, well, we need to give this guy a defensive player of the year. So what's that mean in the end, right? Um, Anything else um, most improved and all that? Those are all awards that I care nothing about. The finals MVP, even the Western Conference and Eastern Conference MVPs are stupid. I thought I thought bringing those into the game made it look kind of cheap. The only reason why Major League Baseball has non-World Series MVPs is because at one time, Major League Baseball was two leagues. So it made sense. This is still, you know, this is, I mean, that they're, they're they're just trying to give awards out now, just to give awards. It's 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 it's, uh, it's like trying to pick the 14th best team in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I mean, I I don't think we were, none of us were really sitting there contemplating. Oh, I I wonder where the Charlotte Hornets are going to end up. I wonder where. No, but you kind of evaluate the landscape and you see, well, who's really crummy, uh, you know, and it's hard really to pick out who's. Who's got the most crumbs out of the crumbs? Um, but that being said, Joe, there's still some loose ends uh, around the NBA. Uh, Stephen Adams is going to go undergo uh, knee surgery again. The uh, his original surgery didn't take. Um, he's had uh, a bad rehab apparently, and now he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, kind of a big blow to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, soared out to a number two record uh, in the uh, Western Conference before Adams went down with his original knee injury, Joe. They sustained that level of play. They were the number two seed in the playoffs. How do you think this will affect the Grizzlies' season? I, I think it will affect them greatly. They need... They needed him, even in our series. He could have made a difference. They had Triple J, which defensive player of the year or not, I don't think he's 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 not Rudy Gobert. I don't want to go that route yet, uh, but his his game doesn't. He, you need more than him to 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 do what needs to be done in the playoffs. Drawing him out would be too easy, or it was easy. So that's a problem, especially if you can't protect the rib uh, looking at looking at the standings and uh, seeing how this plays out. I think if Memphis has one really bad, if, if Memphis has a bad situation with John Morant after he gets back, that's when you're going to start seeing that team implode. It's very, very, very dangerous, but getting Marcus smart was smart. That's the Joe. kind of guy. 
in the NBA with depth, you can survive a bad month. You can't yeah. survive. You can't survive two bad months though. And not, no- not, and not only that, you know, Marcus Smart is a uh, he's very he's mentally strong, and he he has that leadership quality that I, that I believe they they actually need. So as long as John Morant doesn't get himself in trouble again, uh, they're likely going to be productive. But losing Stephen Adams was a blow, and it likely will just take them down a, a little notch in terms of having that that full team. But you know, the NBA's certain teams have gotten past losing certain guys during a year, at least role guys. They're all going to have to get better. To, to cover that and if they do then then it wouldn't be such a big loss this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the big difference with Smart is he can galvanize a locker room. He can galvanize men. Although Steven Adams is a leader, though, Joe, he's not a vocal leader. And that's what Memphis needs now more than ever is somebody to call out knucklehead behavior when he sees it and just squash it before it has a chance to grow. They didn't have that before. So this could be very important. And I agree with you. They could survive a bad month even with out John without Adams, but two plus John coming back. No, nah, that's going to be an all she wrote situation. Moving on. Uh, Joe, when we talk about the regular season coming up, there's been uh, a lot of humming and hawing about uh, the guard situation. Look, it, it really looks like it's, it's a three guard si- situation right now because neither Max Kersey or Reddish, or really anybody else for that matter, has really come up and uh, taken that off-guard spot for grabs. So how do you see that unfolding in the first uh, couple weeks or so? Because the first 10 games are a buzz-off. They're going to lean towards D'Angelo a lot and obviously gave Vincent to kind of spell him or adjust to more of a defensive scheme with Gabe Vincent. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it going beyond that from the point guard position. And then you can slide a, a LeBron if you need to go LeBron offense. You're not, I don't, we're in good shape from the point guard position. I'm not too worried about that. The part that I'm going to be paying attention to is, are they going to exploit the the players who don't play good defense? Guys like, or at least singular defense. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, especially if those guys are your starting backcourt. We live in, a, in, a, in an era where those players, when they're on, are dangerous. They make shots. They get to the hole. That right there is really – the front line is what's going to determine how this team plays consistently day in and day out because we know who AD is. 
AD is one and a half guys. It's only a only maybe. I don't even know if there's even two guys that can do what he does. Uh, some can take space. Some guys can fear uh, or put fear in guys in terms of shot blocking going on the rim, like Triple J, things like that. But AD, his anticipation is is world class. On top of that, he's long. On top of that, he can block shots. On top of that, he can rebound. On top of that, he can cover very versatile forwards and even stay in front of guards sometimes. So the front line defense is going to be extremely important to see how they could at least put some kind of, I I would say, blockage enough to where there's enough time for AD to kind of back them up or enough to where they're not going to feel right about going to the hoop if AD is waiting for them. Those are the type of things that coaching staffs figure out. And those are things that we are going to talk about during the season. I'm going to be paying attention to that because I really think the offense is going to be fine. I really do. I think Austin Reeves has shown that he's, if he's open, he's likely going to make the three-point shot. Uh, Delo's release, always one of the benefits of his game. And he if he makes those shots, obviously that's going to be great. Torian Prince earned the fifth starter spot because of his kind of above average, at least to him, defense and making shots. And then, of course, you got AD LeBron after that. So you guys who are going to be watching this year, you guys want to pay attention to the, the, the defensive scheme, the cohesiveness, and how things are going to flow there. Now, there is one major issue we discussed, positioning for the rebound. This needs to be fixed. I don't know if it's going to be fixed with desire or a better scheme. I'd like to think that the desire is there, but then again, I, I, I can't get it out of my mind. The one offensive rebound that um, Phoenix got, I think it was in the third, where it was all five Lakers surrounding, like well, they were like in a circle, and then the ball just came right in between them to the one Phoenix player. Those things uh, were happening a lot last year, and I guess I can sit there and blame it on luck because I'm trying to make up for believing that it, it's luck instead of probably skill. But that needs to not – that cannot happen. It's devastating. It's like a penalty on third down, uh, which we saw a lot in the, in the L.A. Steeler game today that made me want to put an ice pick in my forehead. But uh, that that can't happen. Those offensive rebounds – Zap your energy, zap your your enthusiasm, your confidence. You cannot continue to let that go. If that's happening in the in the preseason, then you better damn well prepare that it's going to be happening a lot in the regular season. I will say this though: I think uh, I think there's a, still a little, way too much fluff about uh, the ISO and the ability to exploit uh, Reeves and uh, D'Lo. If if team Teams are trying to figure out Austin Reeves for a while, Joe. Um, at, at the beginning, there wasn't a whole lot of film on him. So teams always had the uh, the excuse that, um, well, we haven't seen him a lot, so this is kind of new. And then even when there was some film on him, Joe, teams still found a way to not be able to take advantage of him. And that includes, and that includes the Memphis Grizzlies as well, who have a big team, uh, not – not just the Denver Nuggets. Now, 
what what the difference was is that Denver plays a really big five, like a long five. KCP KCPs KCPs are two. All right. That's a long two. And the issue was is that KCP guarded the best perimeter player on the Lakers, normally LeBron, and he would be open for three point shots. He had a lot of uh pith and vinegar in that whole series, Joe, that was the big difference to me. And Reeves was on an island. He was on a turnstile with either Aaron Gordon, who completely mauled him, or Michael Porter Jr. Now, I would rather see situations where Reeves is on Porter Jr., not Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a physical specimen. He he put everybody, exclu- excluding LeBron, uh, in a turnstile on the Lake NAD. Uh, in a turnstile for the Lakers. So I, I agree with you, but I also think it's about other teams and their lack of, um, shall we say, chutzpah to actually try that kind of stuff and take advantage of the Lakers defensively because, look, man, LeBron finished second defensive player of the year voting four times. He's fi- he AD has finished, I think, three times. Um, you're talking about two of the smartest defenders to ever walk the face of the earth and in the NBA. So I, I, I hear what people are saying and I'm kind of, I'm kind of iffy about it myself, but then a part of me also remembers that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are on this team. LeBron is smart enough to play that both sides of the game is his defense even last year to some, you know, he had his weak side blocks from out of nowhere still, right? That's kind of his his trademark on defense. AD is the best defensive player of the last five years for sure in my book. Uh, he doesn't have the hardware to, to back it up. Some of it, is his, some of it is his fault. Some of it is the voting. Some of it was COVID because I believe if there wasn't a break, I believe he would have got it. I don't know. I just think people got amnesia in that five months that they didn't play or whatever. But uh, it's not it's not really about the award. I, I I'm looking at it from if if they're at that if they're in that position to receive that award, that means we're getting what we need from them to win games. That's why I kind of harp on that. It, it's a it's not it's an identifier. I don't go around going, hey, look. This is Anthony Davis's. Hey, Joe. Joe, we, yeah. we, we, we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about that. Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed are, in my opinion, two great safeties ever play in the NFL. They each only have one defensive player of the year award, Joe. Correct. And there's an argument there, or and some people think it's it's not an argument who are – typically delusional. Uh, I, I saw every single matchup between literally every single matchup. I've never missed a Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed football game where they played together or played against each other. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you, you, you said, you said it right the other day. You said it right the other day. Greatness, that word gets thrown around too, too often. And it needs to st- and, it, and too it, conveniently because we, we that talk- was greatness. That was greatness. Those two playing against each other. You, we talk about, we talk about 
sportscasters not knowing anything, right? Not yes. being able to know their 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 job. Yes, they don't. They, Another, they can't I mean, KYS like we KYS. Right. There there needs to be more of a bullhorn on what we determine is great, because we are way too quick and way too slow on that. There is a different level for a Michael Jordan, a Larry a Larry Bird, a LeBron, um, a, a, to some degree, even a Durant. Durant is kind of teetering in that a little bit too. That's because of his attitude. Durant, until 2016, to me was in the in that in that category. After that, which sounds funny because he won two championships and an MVP in the finals. But guys, competition matters. You need to you need to always look at what what the whole thing is. Okay, really pay attention to the whole thing and, and let it make sense. There's always an argument about this and that, and then you don't realize, but most people don't because they're all prisoners of the moment. It's all re- 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 revisionist history, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when someone, I'm, when I'm talking to someone and they were bystanders of something that I wasn't at, I'm going to shut the hell up and let them explain and, 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 and understand that they're going to know more than me. This is not something we didn't see live you know we didn't see this in highlights i don't care what you say you'd have to go but even going back and watching every piece of actual film let's say you're like you know what i want to know how good michael jordan jordan was i'm going to go contact the nba and i'm going to pay the nba to give me every copy of michael jordan's tapes from 1984 to 1998 to the two years he was in washington it still wouldn't matter you have to be in that live moment, feeling that moment in Utah when the guy just always won in the most hostile areas, Phoenix, Utah, whatever, Kobe, going into Portland in the playoffs, always seemed to win in Portland, but he couldn't win in the regular season. It's different when it matters. Hell, Jason Williams talking smack. This is something I read. Maybe he did. Maybe he was misquoted so let's just say he wasn't because i had never jason williams never came off jason williams is white chocolate jason williams never came off as a guy that would you know dis you know did not kind of disrespect a, a, an all-time great but apparently there's a few quotes out there saying he didn't think kobe was that good he's not in his top 10 or whatever and this is a guy that dropped 48 16 in sacramento on his ass and the sacramento kings hitting an and one and going like this to the crowd before they swept them. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know too many players that drop. I don't know too many guards in my lifetime that can drop 48, 16 rebounds in an opposing arena, which in a lot of ways that was Staple Junior, wasn't it? Staple North. And then, you know, close. Yeah. What? Two years in a row while you were there. Come on, man. Can't do that. Doesn't look right. Doesn't sound right. But we need to stop calling everyone great. Now, here's a good one that you'll like, and then we'll go on with the next subject. Do you consider Tracy McGrady great? No. Me neither. Me neither. No. Unbelievable score. Prototypical size body for NBA wing. Can't get past 0-7 in the first round. 0-7. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and that is the example I use. And of course, I got a dog on T Mac, which the truth hurts. It is what it is. But Tracy McGrady is not great. Grant Hill is not great. He was almost great, but his injuries kept him from being great. And then you got the Dirk Nowitzkis. That that next level, right? Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash. You can say those guys are great, mm-hmm. but I'm still like, great is great. Great is the last level. But we've used great and kind of lowered it down a little bit to be convenient. I I I, I hear you. I hear you. I think that people have done that. What I've done is I think there's elite. I think there there are and the elite are the greats among the greats, and those are the ones that stand out. Because we talked we talked about that yesterday with uh, with Lee Joe, with Lee. I asked him point blank. So if LeBron has a deep playoff run, he will eclipse three hundred playoff games all time. That's absurd. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Although he's about to cross 40,000 points as a plateau that probably will never be eclipsed as long as we're both alive. And I asked him, what do you think is greater? And he said the points. He said the points. I think it's the playoff games. Three over, if you, if you mapped it out, a great player would have to play a minimum of 25 playoff games for at least 12 years to get to 300 games. I, I, I think his, his number one, and, and it might be no one else in that spot. Because Fish has 259. That's yeah. a lot. LeBron has 282. Sure. But see, Fish is not, doesn't have the pressure that a LeBron has. He's no, 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 Jesse, team, you're right? right. You're right. right. You're right. So, so when you look at, and this is, again, I'm not, downgrading this you look at somebody like ac green who was the iron man it's 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 a different it's not cal ripkin iron man where the guy is a starting shortstop for 11 12 years shortstop batting playing defense at an elite level right it's different then let's say D Fish, who's a role player, AC Green, who's a role player, and the, and jo, and Joe, people people who maybe are casuals or you know maybe maybe they're you know they're not fanatics but they're fans, that may not understand you know the nuance and the the ignorance let's say that a lot of these sportscasters have where they don't differentiate this 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 stuff. You know, where you hear, well, Luca is great. Luca is great. Oh, his is he has great talent, but he hasn't he hasn't personified greatness yet. No, he hasn't. And if you're if if you're gonna if you're gonna give LeBron a title that no one can touch, I'd say after this season because it is a year after uh, Kareem because Kareem could still have an argument. Kareem could still have an argument. Yeah, but after this year. And if he plays the 22nd season and has averages 25, 5, and 5 even, not even 30, LeBron will be sitting on a 
position that no one will likely ever touch even in 100 years, which is he has been dominant for 20 years. I'm giving him the two years, the first two years. I'll give him those as a, as a prep, even though it's really only one year. Let's give him two. So if he plays his last – 2025, that's his last year, barring any crazy injury, obviously, he's, he's going to sit on 20 straight years of playing. I'm sorry, guys, but 20, 29 points, seven rebounds, seven assists for a guy in his 20th season is just not – the brain doesn't compute no matter how much better the rules are this year. Actually, it's harder because there's more plays, there's more series, there's more activity, right? He will be sitting on that top level, and I don't know anyone that will will, will take him off, especially when you factor in the 40,000 points, over 10,000 rebounds, over 10,000 assists. I mean, you're talking the whole ball of wax is there, and I can't say this enough guys he's won three championships with three different teams and won finals mvp in those three years he's won four but he's played for three teams and has won as the top guy in three different franchises that will likely never happen again and and quite frankly that this the this scoring title that uh, he's about to just completely uh smoke out of the water uh has happened very quietly joe very quietly because no one really noticed up until a few years ago how fast he was coming but guess what 0607 0708 0809 9 he finished second in scoring all four years kobe bryant got a scoring title off him he got one off kobe Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant. Those are the three guys who had to score more than LeBron to win scoring titles. I, I never I never bought into the fact that he was not a scorer. Neither Anybody, did I. Yeah, I thought it, it was it, ridiculous. It's a, it's a stupid comment, and you're saying it because you're trying to justify some point that he became the all-time leading scorer. That and he's it, not a killer. That he's not a killer. That's that's kind of, that. Yeah, I know, but that's kind of what the underlying argument is in that well, you know, he wasn't really a scorer. What the, what the, I saw, I saw, I saw 47 against Detroit. I saw it. I saw it. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. Okay. This is a 21 year old kid that a very experienced and very good Detroit Pistons uh, defensive squad could not stop. He scored 20. 23 straight points, ladies and gentlemen, against a championship-level defense. Longevity at the top. No one will take that away from him. Now, if he can add a couple of championships before he retires, then there's a whole different argument there. Isn't that what the the chairman of the board used to say? There's something to be said about longevity? Not just longevity. This isn't Vince Carter jumping to teams, keeping it going. Again, we talk about the competition. The competition matters. It's not, that's why the team game and competition, they, they get skewed. And then what happens with that is people will try to 
kind of skew their view into that to, to justify what they think is right. For example, the East, when LeBron went to the finals eight years in a row, was not a good conference, which is true. If he had been in the West, he wouldn't have sniffed eight in a row, at not even probably four in a row. And that's that's just the reality of it. We don't, we'll never know. But then you'll hear things like, well, back in the what at the you know, it doesn't help when guys like JJ Reddick who played in the NBA say stupid things like, well, they were playing with plumbers and and and, and electricians, whatever the hell he said. Then you go into the nineties, and the, the ultimate insult is that. I mean, you're talking about. I think if you were to go back uh, and look at the all-time uh, 75 list, I think most of the people on that list are players from the 90s. Mm-hmm. So don't – I'm going to get the exact number. I've been wanting to do the numbers on that. I just thought of it now again. But you, you're not going to justify – you're not going to justify your argument uh, by saying that, well, they weren't as athletic as they are now. Well – the, the players now are bigger pussies than they've ever been in their life, and they don't even play 70, 65 games. So what exactly what, – what would their worth be playing against a bunch of guys who apparently aren't as athletic as you, yet are there playing 82 games a year? So let's just say it evens out, just to make your argument valid a little. Let's just say that. You, you think Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork wouldn't translate to now? Shaquille O'Neal wouldn't translate to now with his athleticism. The only thing with Shaq is Shaq would not be able to be out of shape now. He's gonna he would have to be 2000 and before Shaq because he they'll draw his sucking his lazy butt out and then he's gonna you know the thing with Shaq when you called him out boy you saw the diesel coming that was the beautiful thing about Shaq when Shaq wanted to dance he danced and man you had to leave. Because you're done, <laughs> or no or if or if you were Chris Dudley, you just had to wait and just and let yeah, it Chris all Dudley, happen. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Dudley was a nuisance, right? <laughs> that but was the when, way. You, when you look at but when you look at Antonio, He's doing the Charleston Shuffle the way out to Figueroa. Yeah, when, you, when you look at somebody like Dale Davis and Antonio Davis, those guys didn't. They weren't little. They weren't schleppers. They weren't. They were good players. Mm-hmm. And he made them look like they weren't even there. And that's that's a that's 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 what you call greatness. That's what you call someone who's just so above and beyond the next guy. It's it's not you can't even compare it. But you uh, you said you uh, talking about massive size then, Joe. And to be fair, you talked about Grant Hill. I would put Yao Ming in the same category, like so close, so close to being great. Had great numbers, and uh, when he was healthy, performed well. But yeah, just like the injuries, just took the wind out of that that legend sails. It can happen. Uh, as we go on, you had a point to make there. You were talking about Yao Ming again. What did you say about Yao Ming? I said if you're gonna if you're gonna qualify the same way, you use Grant Hale as like greatness just escaped him from injuries. I would say Yao would would be in the same category. Yao, I, I'm I'm very curious. I, I, I am often curious because I haven't sometimes I feel like I have no life when I think about things, but that's you know, we're Laker fans. That's what you know, we're thinking about the Lakers. That's why we do the show, it's the Lakers show. But Never we apologize about... for how that brilliant mind works. <laughs> Thank you. 
I have thought uh, I have thought about if Yao Ming played in 09 in that semifinal series if the Lakers had beat him. I've thought about I, that a few times. The winner of that series is going to win the championship. Either team was better. I thought it was going to be the Cavs, first of all. But as it turned out, it wasn't. But, yeah, I, I thought either one of those teams, that was the – to me, Joe, that was the NBA Finals the way I thought that the 21 – Eastern Conference semis was between Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee. I thought whoever won that series was likely likely to be uh, champ. Uh, felt very similarly, although it was like 13 years ago, about the Lakers and Rockets in that series. It's it's also important to point out how rigorous the West was in the 2010 in the 2000s. It was a that wasn't even the following year with a broken shooting finger and no cartilage in his knee still battling, winning, shooting. Uh, wasn't, it was four buzzer beaters and seven game winners in 2010. Didn't even get the MVP that year, which was just mind-boggling to me, by the way. No. Sorry, LeBron, but it, it, Kobe should have won the MVP in 2009-2010. I'm sorry. It, there's, there's no other way to put it in my book. But – you look at the competition, especially in that season. You look at 2010. Every team they played was a 50 game, 50 win team, right? And this was when it was tough. And and, and it's it competition matters. So when you talk about the greatness of Magic and Larry Bird, you know you talk about Isaiah. You talk about uh, Moses Malone that one year with with Dr. J. You know th- th- those are the things that you you look at. 1980 to 1989. Well, Moses Moses did have that good year with Houston as well, Joe. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. But the 83 team was the perfect team. Oh, full, full. Yeah, right. You're right. But, but the, you know, he was there in 81, got beat by Bird. But that's, that's the point. The point is Magic, Bird, Magic, Moses and Dr. J, Bird, Magic, Bird. I'm sorry, I've mentioned Mikhail and Paris, but you guys get my point. Magic, magic, and then finally Isaiah. And then Isaiah went on to win another one. And then after that, it was Jordan for three years. Then it was two years of Hakeem. Then three more years with Jordan. And then finally you got Duncan. Then you got Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Kobe. You see see how how this works? So it's... You, you, you'd have to live as long as we have to really, truly have a good argument. You can't argue against us on what was great. And I'm sorry to say this, guys, but most of the great teams were Lakers, so you can't call us homers either. You can't. You can't call us homers. It's just what it is. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Joe, you talked about competition, right? You talked about competition. Those 80 teams from the Milwaukee Bucks never made an NBA Finals, Joe. Holy crap. 
Phil Phil Preston, Ricky Priest, Jack Sigma, Sidney Moncrief, Terry Cummings. Like we're talking about like Hall of Fame players here that couldn't get by the Celtics and the Sixers. Sidney Moncrief. So close was, to being a Laker. Was this close to being a Laker. And when Jerry West likes someone, you damn well better believe they're good. And he ended up being a good one. How about the Mavericks? Rolando Blackman and Tarpley before he – I mean, th- those guys could have been great. Denver with Alex English and Kiki and all those guys. I mean, the, you really would have to be a basketball – junkie to know those things yeah the reason reason why we know those things because obviously i was a little young to really remember that stuff but i've gone back to study those series especially the phoenix stuff that like when joe when joe is talking about competition this is like juggernaut this is like juggernaut gladiator competition 23 teams up until 1988 you had 23 teams that and then turned into 25 teams with the uh, expansion teams of Orlando and Minnesota in 1988. So you had 23 teams from 80 to 88. So you had stacked teams and probably 10 of those teams stacked. And they, you know, that's just nuts that the, the stuff that they had to go through to get to the title. And then the discussion as well, you know, Magic had Kareem, Worthy, this, this, uh, Bird had this, this, that. Well, they had it because there were seven less teams. Okay, seven less teams means 105, at least 105 less players in the NBA. You ever seen a 105 lot. players? That's Have you ever seen lot. 105 people in a, in a room? It's a lot of people, especially a on a basketball people. court. That has only five per team. It's, I don't even think I've been at a wedding where there were that many people in one room. So yeah, so like think about it. It's a <laughs> lot of people. So comparing eras is such a stupid waste of time. This is the conclusion of this. It is such a stupid because when you compare LeBron, you know, I'm talking about how LeBron and Kobe really were never eh, the reason why they never were logically comparable was because they have completely different careers forget about the position it's their careers and kobe was there seven years earlier which only adds to kobe's greatness you're comparing kobe who's seven years older to lebron in 09 and if lebron had gone to the finals he would have got smoked kobe would have had one up on him they weren't going to beat the lakers that year the only team that would have beat the Lakers that year was Denver. And obviously, if Yao Ming had uh, been healthy, I think that would have been a threat too. Because I just think that without Yao Ming, those those blowout games they had with, with, with Houston were just – they just oozed of way too much confidence. Like they really did – they underestimated those those games. I think if they really knew they were going to get popped the way they did, they, they would have yeah. played harder. <laughs> no, no, nothing – nothing will – Joe, nothing will ever bring a bigger smile to my face. Then when Ron Artest started talking so much, and Jack Nicholson just did this to him. I can't dog on Artest even even in that situation. I just think. Oh, you can. He was a Houston Rocket. Sure, sure. But we, I was telling one of our esteemed patrons here, uh, losing Ariza in that offseason 
for our test was actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah, thanks, David Lee, but still. Hey, we don't have our test checking Paul Pierce in the finals. I don't it's think we true. won that series. No, I agree with you. It's true. Paul Pierce had one great game. Great out of the seven. If he had had one more, we would have lost. It was just funny between those two. I remember that uh, they they also had a personal rivalry, which was important because um, it allowed for a lot more freedom for Kobe Bryant, which is what the Lakers needed. Kobe was broken at that point in terms of physical. I mean, his finger was jacked. His knee was jacked. The fact that he came out of what he came out of. Kobe, I remember after that series, I said, whatever, if Kobe doesn't do another thing the rest of his life, it's it's okay. And it happened to be, that ended up happening. That ended up being it. That was, that was it. His first 14 season in the NBA, first 14 seasons had two, two championship eras. He went to half the finals in the most competitive conference in that time with two different teams, two different great players, all these role players, a rebuild in there. Like he did so much in 14 seasons. And that in itself has its own reasoning on greatness. You look at LeBron, LeBron came in. It was his team. Jordan came in. It's their team. Shaq came in. It's his team. It was never Kobe's team when he arrived. It was Shaq's team for the first six years. And let's say, forget about the whose team it is. It was Kobe and Shaq when, the, when they started winning championships, really. I mean, that's really what it was. But the first two seasons, he was not allowed to really play. So how do you... Factor that into your to, to your equation. You're talking about a guy that didn't get a lot. He wasn't allowed to play this first year for whatever reason. Second year, which looking at it from that season, I mean, I think he had one of the best. Look, six- I think I think if we had a different coach other than Dell Harris, that team might win a championship. We we, we need to have a segment on that because no one talks about that. What if we had had a good coach in 1998 instead of Dell Harris? We were 62 and 20. You know what, though? You know what, though, Sean? Dell Harris wasn't a bad coach. I agree. He wasn't bad. I agree. He wasn't bad. I'm just, I just think if we had a, like a better coach. Because Joe. you even saw Phil Jackson in a lot of those games in 2000. Like, he said things in po- in the post game. That were like what Dell used to say. Like, what? Like, I, I, like when they got blown out by Indiana, right? That stuff didn't happen in Chicago. They lost, but they never got blown out in a finals game. So he's like, I'm not sure if I know what what these guys are thinking. And really what it is is you had Shaq and Kobe, and this is the part that hurts a lot for the Kobe-Jordan thing, and I have to be honest. Kobe was was uncontrolled maniac in a lot of cases. A wild horse out of the barn. Very. Now, he, he reeled it in. Most of the time, but when he really went nuts, he went nuts. Michael never went nuts to the point where he wasn't able to focus. He, he did. That's just his, his cerebralness is what really, at the end of the day, took him to a level that just no one could match. And then, of course, Shaq, too emotional. You know, losing losing to, to the Houston Rockets when he should have beat him in 95. And then, of course, 
not being able to figure out what the hell to do in 04, you know, those are all mental breakdowns for, for everyone. Even Kobe admitted it. You know, this is not something I'm saying. Kobe admitted he's cost the Lakers in 04. And he said about the 08 team that I couldn't get to these guys, but I got to them the following year. And look what happened. Uh, through the wire, I don't know yet. They're pretty even to me, even though the Dolphins probably have a better offense. I think the Eagles have a better defense. I think don't be surprised if those guys end up in the Super Bowl. That would be a great Super Bowl. I just think it would be cool to have the Ace Ventura Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They were they were in that Super Bowl. That's hey young Africa, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in a while. I gotta get back to EJ's show so we can have our uh our racquetball match again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh it's been a great uh, close to an hour before we had an uh out. Joe, do you have anything else to add about uh uh the preseason? Any final notes, what you wanna add? I'm through with the re- preseason. I am through with offseason. I am through with free agency and trades. Bring on the regular season. I am ready for 4.30 Pacific time on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I really want the Lakers to come out the gate, even though it technically won't mean much. It's one game out of 82. If they can leave Denver. Anytime you leave Denver with a win, you're – you're you're doing yourself a favor. It's one less one less damn game you have to worry about in that mile high area uh the rest of the year. And then, you know, I'm sure if things go according to what we all think is gonna happen, we're gonna we're gonna probably see them there probably at least four or three more times after the regular season. But in the meantime, I am looking forward to a team that has a mission of number eighteen and Let's 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 go after this thing. Let's be focused and let's be hungry. And I say let us be hungry. I should probably say let the Lakers be hungry. I'm not part of the team, obviously. But let's 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 start it out. Let's start it out well. Phoenix game's kind of worrying me, especially after this preseason game. That's probably the only thing that's changed in the last week. I'm like, e- we gotta get this Denver one because I have a feeling Phoenix is gonna beat us in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, that's a home game, so hopefully it's not too much of a a sad. Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, yes, seemed well, see, seem to have known. He he, I know we we put out the the graveyard lineup. I didn't want to put the death lineup because that's supposed to be the positive lineup, but the graveyard lineup for those eight minutes. I I don't know. I think that kind of jacked me up a little bit. Maybe I maybe I'm not giving it enough of a chance with the real players playing in there. If they can come out with a nice lead like they were most of the preseason, then I think we'll be in good shape, though. Yeah, I, I'm just calling it the Keystone Lakers lineup because they acted like a Groucho Marx Keystone cop short. With that being said, happy to have everybody aboard. Uh, back tomorrow for our Lakers season preview, extravaganza, bonanza that Gerald has planned. Everybody tune in. Hopefully everybody will be there. uh, And we'll get ready for the season starting October 24th. Have a good night, everybody. See you later.
You might tie or a pina colada guy, Joe? Neither. <laughs> <laughs>